I'm using so many weird metaphors, but I have images in my head that are really working for me. Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. If you would like to be coached on or off the podcast anonymously or publicly, please reach out to us, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, notyourtherapistpodcast. Our listener question for the week comes from a Instagram follower. She says, I just went on a third date and it was fantastic and I invited him over to my apartment afterwards and we were watching Netflix in my bed and he literally didn't make a let's have sex move on me at all. I'm so confused. Literally in my bed for two hours cuddling and not once was there a let's have sex moment. Why would he come over? I'm very confused. This is hilarious. Um, My answer to this is, I never thought I'd say this, but I feel bad for men. They cannot do anything right. If he had made a move, he would have been a creep. He didn't make a move, so she's confused why he came over. Maybe he just wanted to hang out with you and show you that he was interested in something other than sex and liked cuddling with you and watching Netflix with you and didn't feel ready himself. If he's a listener of this podcast, which if he is, you should marry him right now, he knows that it's important to build up that emotional foundation and figure out how you feel about a person before you just go and have sex with them because that will alter how you feel about them and it will alter the state of your relationship and either cause false intimacy or a complete um, dead stop. So I think he did the right thing. Poor guy, you're sitting there going, what's wrong with him? I'm confused. He doesn't like me. It's not like he came over and sat on the opposite end of the bed from you. It's not like he said, no, I don't want to come over. It's not like he didn't go on a third date with you, that he went on a third date with you, came to your house, managed to stay in your bed, probably with a boner, just cuddling to show you that he respected you and likes you and loves cuddling with you and is affectionate and cares and is there to support you and all these other wonderful things, but did not just need to get his dick wet right away. And for that, I applaud him. And I say, good job him and poor guy. So give him another chance. The sex will come. Keep going on dates. Don't get in your head about it. Don't assume it means a person doesn't like you. If they didn't like you, they wouldn't keep going on dates with you. If they didn't like you, they wouldn't come to your house. If they didn't like you, they wouldn't cuddle with you. So as long as the cuddling has happened, other affection is happening, you're not getting weird vibes of like, I think he thinks we're just friends. That's not what it sounds like. Keep going on the dates. The sex will come, I promise. Enjoy this time before the sex. Enjoy not having to be like, God, he wouldn't stop trying to have sex with me. And I just, I'm afraid he's using me. Just enjoy it. Let it happen one day at a time. We're so quick to want the opposite of what we're getting and we need to really look at it and find the good side of what we are getting and just enjoy. Hello, welcome. I am here remotely with a stunningly handsome man. His name is Robbie Klein. He decided, as he said, in the spirit of transparency, which this whole year has been about for him, he is not going anonymous, although I gave him the option. I have known Robbie for a while now. We haven't always been in touch, but we've always had mutual admiration and respect for each other and our career paths. And Robbie lives in New York City in Brooklyn. And how are you? How old are you? I'm about to turn 31. About to turn 31, getting up there over the hill very soon. Um, And you do sound stuff and workflow systems. And he's an entrepreneur. And at one point you were making hamburgers for people. I don't know if you're still doing that. Robbie's just like good at everything. So he just like picks different points in his life to be like, now I'm going to be good at this. (laughs) 
And that's what he does. It's pretty impressive. You're financially independent. You live by yourself in New York City. But unfortunately, I'm about to break everybody's heart. Robbie is not single. But, but he's in a new relationship, which we don't do very often. And we had a few talks on his way to getting there. So I've kind of been along for the journey, I feel like, here and there, because you were kind enough to update me from time to time and very open with me about it and what you were going through. So can you talk, Robbie, sorry, I haven't let you talk at all. Can you talk a little about what your journey has been, kind of brief, brief, brief history that you gave me when we first started kind of working together and talking? Sure. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Uh, Cliff Notes version is, uh, I have not been in a serious committed relationship for more than, let's say three months, my entire life, unless you count high school, which is basically not real. Uh, It's not real. Yeah. Good. So after kind of a crash and burn, uh, month and a half relationship in December of last year, I decided to sort of throw caution to the wind and kind of reject all of my controlling you know, impulses to sort of do things my way and just open myself up to whoever came into my life. And someone came into my life that has rocked my world. Um, It's been amazing, but essentially it's all the things that I didn't really expect. It's uh, a a successful, like very um, business oriented, um, very crazy different family experiences. just our journey to where we are and, and, and how we see the world. Anyways, it's been four months and I'm, um, it, I've overcome a lot of different fears along the way. Um, you've been amazing to sort of talk to me about it, but, um, yeah, we've been exclusive for two, known each other for four, and it's been the most transformative four months of my life in terms of relationships. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so happy to hear this. I will say like Robbie is someone who is, Uh, Up until this point, I would have called very buttoned up in a way. Like he has impeccable styling, impeccable hair, super handsome and well put together, always on top of his shit, but it didn't leave very much room for someone else. And, you know, it easily could have turned into you waking up at 40, 45, 50, being like, wow, I was so busy being perfect and keeping my life perfect that I didn't allow anything to happen. And as we know, the magic and the beauty of life and love and relationships is in the imperfection, is in like letting people crack through that facade, which it always is, and kind of see the real you and make things messy and mess you up and all that. So I'm so happy that you were able to do that and embrace that side of yourself. And it sounds like you're still on that journey. And I'm sure there's even, I mean, four months is significant when you haven't gotten to that point before, but there's also just so much more for you to uncover. And I'm like really excited to hear about what's going to happen. Yeah. The, um, kind of the the way I've told all my friends and family about these last four months is that I feel like it was like two large swings of the pendulum. The first one being me sort of, I guess, naively going in thinking that I was just going to like, this was going to be easy and I was going to give my heart and it was going to be fun. And I was like, definitely the one to instigate all the next steps in terms of intimacy and then exclusivity and, and, and titles and all this stuff. But then somewhere around the, that two month mark, two and a half months when she really gave her full self and sort of like shocked me with how real she was being, it kind of turned the tables on me and made me realize how uh, 
unprepared I was for this experience and how much it was going to shock me and challenge me and, and make me just grow and question a lot of things that I've held up to this point. That's amazing. I'm so good for you. Now, can you pinpoint, first of all, I'm going to ask you to get a little bit more specific because I think, you know, when we talk about love and relationships, we can get very kind of grandiose and like it changed my whole life. And it's really in those little moments and those little differences that we make that real change happens. So I know we talked, when did we talk? Like a year ago? Uh, we talked a year ago when I was just saying I was probably ready to start changing and like opening myself up. Um, we, we've so what tra- brought you to that point. Um, cause you I, were someone who was like, I would call you yeah. type A. You kind of had all your shit together and there, and you didn't necessarily want to go down the road of potentially messing with that. Sure. Uh, I would say the pivot point was about two years ago, um, I had a really traumatic season of panic attacks for the first time ever. Um, And I sort of hit the end of my rope in terms of controlling everything and keeping things perfect. Um, It was kind of a business thing. I've I've been doing this this, uh, digital workflow consulting for three years. That's my main work now. Uh, And I just sort of hit kind of a wall. I was like, do, does anyone care about this? Is this what I need to do? So that was sort of the, the crux behind it. But that just sort of cracked me open and definitely caused me to not hold on to things so tightly. And I think that's when we were talking around that time, which then kind of opened me up to relationships and people and not having to have all my ducks perfectly in a row. Yeah. Can you, you went on like a long road trip after right. we talked. Yeah. And you were actively trying, because another thing, hopefully we can talk about this and it's okay, that we talked about was your fear of being kind of the sexual initiator and that you hadn't really done that before and you never really knew what to do in that area with women and how to not be creepy, but how to make something go out of the friend zone. Yeah. Can you talk about like that journey Uh at all? Yeah, I've, I've had no problem being able to, I guess you could say, like, if I like someone, like, pursue them, but definitely because of my lack of history and because of some just personal uh, history of lack of intimacy, I essentially had no um, sexual history with almost anybody until about 25, 26. So mm-hmm. as a result, I just didn't really have a game plan. I didn't really know how I wanted to approach somebody and essentially just get past those barriers, one of which was physical intimacy. And so um, that was one thing that made this relationship so transformative because it was my first truly intimate and understanding and just balanced relationship where we were both able to fully give ourselves. And so um, that was probably what we were talking about was that I, I kind of had, I would say two or three false starts where I like sought sexual intimacy and then just like crash and burn. And it wasn't, no one was, angry or hating the other, but it was definitely not going to go to the next level um, because I had all of these walls. And so this was the experience that brought those walls down for the first time, I can say, like fully in all regards, like, and that was just a microcosm of the greater whole, which is like, you want to have things perfectly. You want it to be like, wait for the right one. You know, I have a Christian background. So the idea of like saving myself for someone who's perfect, like that was kind of a, an unexpected sort of, you know, weight on me that I didn't mm-hmm. realize I was carrying. I would expect that weight. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, saving yourself for someone's perfect. That's, you know, that's nearly impossible. 
impossible. No one is perfect and a perfect person won't necessarily be perfect for you. Yeah. And Um, like I said, so much of finding that person is allowing yourself to not be perfect. mm -hmm. And that will uh, start with accepting imperfections with another person in another person. So I think that you could just use that as like a little micro example of the overall picture, which is that, you know, this relationships kind of, you know, cracked me open in a way to where I was like, not only able to be more vulnerable, but then challenge all the doubts. Cause like, if I'm going to have that notion of like, well, this is the gotta be the perfect person. You could see how it could sort of infiltrate and sort of um, kind of mess with your whole perception of how a person needs to be. And then you could start like hyper analyzing and you could look at flaws and, and you could just really go down a, a bad path, which is not healthy for me or for my partner. And, and all the times that I've approached that path and she sees me sort of like pulling away, she's mm. to kind of call me out on my shit and just be able to say like, what are you actually going through and how are you going to handle this? And it's like very easy for some, you know, I can just see now that I've been through it for someone to see my internal negotiations as a judgment on them. Mm. and for it to not be that and be able to get through it while still trusting them and then having them trust me has been really challenging but incredible because if you can name the fear and then say I'm going to get through this with you then that's the way to build trust versus retreating holding things back you know pulling back the veil and then essentially retreating back to how I was before which is like everything's perfect because I'm me myself and I and I'm enjoying that right So what are some of the fears that have come? Oh, let's back up, actually. How did you meet this person? Uh, I was starting to use Hinge earlier this year, um, and I found everyone to be really nice and awesome. So, like, I probably went on 10 dates since March or so, um, April maybe, and then we met in June. And, um, it was one of those, I could remember the period because I was like, not really, I was doing kind of what you were saying in in your, in some of your earlier episodes of like, just don't like overly dwell, like be kind of light, like be able to move through it. Numbers game, the idea of just being able to be free with yourself so that you could have these different experiences, maybe even like one or two nights a week and not hold on to the end result. And I like remember while we were on that date, I was getting DM'd by like this other girl who had sort of like, you know, been hitting on me and we were, you know, sort of talking and she wasn't in New York at that time, but she's like, well, maybe I'll be back soon. So it was like, even at that moment, I was definitely in my kind of most open of pursuing people, but she just sort of like wrote me in because it was like, she was just so real that by the time that night ended, it was like, I don't really want to talk to anybody else. And I'm not one to like dive in so deep, but I definitely pursued her a lot more just after those few days. And And did you stop going on dates with other people right away? Almost. I would say within, I was seeing one other person. I actually had like a few, a date lined up with that other person, maybe like a week later. So I went on that, but then within about, I would say two to three weeks, I was just seeing her. Wow. And then you said at first it was kind of like casual, not exclusive, but you were obviously all in emotionally. And then you said you had kind of already decided that you were into it, but two and a half months in, she did something that really pulled you in and let you know that she was 100% there. Can you talk about that? That's sort of like the pendulum thing I'm talking about, because it's like, I was so 
in at the beginning because she was just kind of blowing me away and she was fun and she was quirky and she was real. And our conversation was always like extremely transparent. We were just like being able to talk about anything. And so I was like diving in, but I realized now with at least a little bit of hindsight that those first two months is like, I've been there so many times. Yeah, totally. Totally. To sort of like, I think you're awesome. I'm going to pursue you. Everything's going to be wonderful. Um, you know, you're going to be my, my girlfriend or whatever. And like, right. And I always talk about like how seductive those first couple of months are and just both people being all in and making proclamations and being so excited about the person. And it's really what happens after those, as those initial excitement feelings kind of calm, you're still excited about the person, but then you get to see, do I really actually like them as a person, not just, I'm so excited by this rush of feelings I get whenever I'm with them. Yes. So I think I was the instigator for those first two months just because she had had a much, you know, I'm talking about how different we are. Like one example is that she's had many, many more partners than I have in a way that's like just more about her guarded history because it's like she's had kind of the little tiptoeing into the waters of like meeting many more people, but not... Is she your age or... We're a month apart. She's a month younger. Cool. Cool. Um, So like she had had the history of I've met a lot of people, but I've been so guarded that like barely any of them get my time of day. And, you know, they... So so she, she was the one to be more guarded at the start because she had kind of been through this and I've kind of had that safe and easy, like one to three month journey so many times that I never really got hurt um, because it's hard to in that amount of time. Um, And would you usually be rejected at the end of that time or were you usually the one to lose interest and kind of end it after that one to three month period? Probably the latter um, because I would find something I'd be like, "Eh, I don't really want to be part of this anymore maybe yeah. like maybe a third of the time it would be them kind of uh, doing something to sort of surprise me or just randomly pull out and not want to be a part of it but that was probably because they just sensed me uh approaching that stage of like putting mm-hmm. all in wanting to pull before. away it was before i even recognized myself yeah if it was that happening so i was so kind of i don't know you could say enamored and just sort of all in to the point where there was probably about four to five tough incidents that happened through those first two months where she was just like feeling some sort of tension or just not wanting to, um, you know, reveal herself and and be able to move to that next step. And I just kind of was okay with that. And I would just be like, um, you know, there was one time where she was just in a, in a tough mood and and I was like, I'm still going to walk you to your car and I'm still going to like, you know, make sure you get home. Okay. And she's like, I'll walk myself. But like that night of like me walking to her car was like one of those moments where it was like, we kind of, push through a little threshold. It it doesn't mean anything, but it was just enough to sort of symbolize like I'm willing to, I see so much. I saw so much in her, even in those first few months, I was like, I'm going to, you know, be willing to be the one who's on the front foot and then allow her to maybe blossom a little bit into it. Not that I was like trying to project anything, but it was like, she had these glimpses of like brilliance. And then you could see it was like, Oh yeah, but I'm supposed to shut down at this point because Mm. that's what I normally do. So that was me in the first few months. And then it just switched. It just like, she totally took the lid off of it and um, really gave herself so fully that I was just like overwhelmed and, and just like, blown away and that was sort of the, the the transition point that to be completely honest I don't know if I was ready for because of just how giving and how she just basically took all the training wheels off and just 
completely gave me of herself and started talking about the future. And like, we could, we could go, we don't have to go into this, but like she is of Asian descent and she mm-hmm. talks a lot about how these unquestioned sort of experiences and expectations of like being a planner and thinking about the future and having just like this whole five to 10 year vision for your life, which is just not really how I've been. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm more entrepreneurial. I'm a bit more in the moment. It's like the most I'll ever plan is maybe a year or two. And so that was something that once I saw her going in that direction, it was like, Whoa, it's like, you just said, when I move in with you, or you just said that like, when we do this with your family or when we go on this trip or, you know, she's actually already booked flights for my birthday in December to go visit my family. Um, she was like, it's oh, not that far away, it's not far, but it was still, when that happened in September, that was kind of like, Whoa, like whoa. I was like, I didn't know how to respond to all that. So that's sort of the pendulum swing. And that happened around mid September. And that's what's made this last like month or so. So like, crazy and amazing but challenging so how do you keep from because I can understand how that would be overwhelming especially for someone who hasn't gotten to this point before also technically you're not that much farther along time wise than you've been before like you're a month past where you usually go which is great which is huge like that's huge but emotionally it's way past (laughs) yeah for sure but how do you kind of uh, stay grounded and not freak yourself out and not, you know, how have you been able to, because it sounds like when you say she took the training wheels off, she went from pretending she didn't need you that much or wasn't that into it or wasn't going to let you in. And then she was like, all right, fine. You want to go in, I'm in and I'm going to let you in completely. And I'm going to plan for a future. And I'm going to talk about how much I care about you. And how did this time, how did you not take flight when that happened? Is it because she didn't let you or was it like where you are in your life or? Her ability to, I I, I don't want to, I don't know, wax too poetic here, but the ability for someone to catch when you're falling into a slump, call you out on it and either identify something that you, when you hear them say it, you're like, that's exactly what I was feeling. Cause I'm pretty self-aware and it's like, I, you know, I would usually pride myself on knowing my feelings, but when it's so new, it's like, someone's like, Oh, like this was your time of like, you retreated because of, of this thing that you said. And I can see that in the pattern of this last week. So the, the period of me feeling like I was slowly slipping and like thinking about changing things or, 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 or trying to find an exit plan was right at the moment when she would call me out or would just, we would have some sort of real conversation that Mm -hmm. would just drop that pressure right off. And it was like, sometimes it was sad. Sometimes it was ecstatic. Sometimes it was just, uh, you know, emotional, but the ability to sort of name it and move through it is something that I've never really done before. Um, and so that's what I would put it to primarily is her ability to sort of stay transparent with me and call me out on things. And then I would probably say there's definitely got to be a percentage of me, like making that promise to myself, like mm-hmm. I to like not run and then how that was sort of sitting on me. And it's like also sort of combined with like the panic attacks episode and how my biggest learning from that traumatic experience was just to practice presence and practice the now. And it's like, yeah. you could see how like, 
the, a December birthday when it's like September or, you know, they're talking about like, she's about to buy a home. Like she's killing it. She's going to like buy a home and like decorate and everything. She's like, can you come over and help me decorate? It's like, whoa, like these are big things. And so being able to just like breathe, stop and like center on like what's happening right now and ask myself of all the chaos that's happening. Do I want to be, like in her company, do I want to like see her face or do I just want to be in this position right now? And when I can answer that with a yes, like a wholehearted yes, even when all the things are scary, then the future stuff I can sort of put on a shelf and let it sort of work itself out in time. Totally. I think that's really smart. And I think this is the perfect example of, you know, I always talk about two people getting together is a magical combination of timing and chemistry. And that's what happened here was, yes, she was the right person for you. She's obviously a special person who knows, who speaks your language. You're on the same wavelength. But also, you were at a point in your life where you were consciously deciding to do things differently and change your habits and not just continue pushing people away. And she happened to be the right person for that. But, you know, a lot of people will make that decision and then they have to try that out a couple times with the wrong person before it actually works. And the important thing then is not to be like, well, I tried to change, but it didn't work. But to be like, okay, with the right person, I'll be doing 50 and they'll be doing 50. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what it sounds like here is it's two people deciding I'm going to do it differently this time. I'm going to hold myself accountable. I'm going to hold you accountable and we're going to do this together. And you're also being like, very transparent and honest about how scary it is for you, which I think is great. And not to pretend like, yes, I'm totally all in. Because I think too, when people are like, okay, uh, well, this person is offering me these things, this future planning that I'm supposed to want and is making this kind of beautiful portrait for the future that I'm supposed to want, I'll just ignore my anxiety about it and my nerves. And you're not doing that. You're saying, hello, anxiety. I see you. Let's just focus on, do I want to spend one more day seeing her yeah the answer is yes i'll see her one more day and you don't have to think yeah there's plane tickets plane tickets can be canceled money can be lost whatever there's never a good time you can never plan for the future so you just kind of have to accept that you're going to have some losses if things go and we've sort of already joked about the fact that it's like oh maybe we should have bought that ten dollar like insurance on the flights (laughs) because sort of like we can we can kind of play lightly around the idea that it's like okay, she has this history of dreaming and thinking big. And of those, you know, people that she has been with in her life, the few that have had an impact on her are ones where she was always the one that was a little bit further ahead. I I use the term leapfrog. It's like emotionally, she sort of like leapfrogged all her partners to the point where she was sort of like, you know, the tail wagging the dog. And she was sort of like pulling them along when she was the one that was, you know, hoping for these things but a lot of people you could imagine would just like shut down or I or just kind of Mm -hmm. go along for the ride and it was like I was sort of I was I was afraid but then if we can meet in the middle and say well I was living my whole life with not a lot of future projecting you were living your life with a lot of it like what can we do to just like bridge that gap because I don't think her way of thinking has actually grown me and like caused me to think about my business in a bigger way and think about like how I could grow myself and save more money and like travel more. Just like those are very admirable qualities. It's never something I would want some, someone to change, but to adapt to that with someone who's just in a different mindset, it's like that takes work and they're, you know, I felt like it's required us to both sort of lean in a little bit where we're more 
uncomfortable. Well, and this also reinforces, I love just pointing out all the ways that I'm right, but this reinforces, um, you know, I get a lot of people who'll be like, well, I need someone who already has their shit together, who has this, this, and this, who has a job, who owns a house, who this, this, this. And I'm like, what about the idea that the reason human beings like to pair is because they make each other stronger and better and they inspire that growth in each other? Like, I have grown exponentially since getting together with my now fiance. Thank you very much. Whoop, whoop. Um, happened two days ago. I still can't believe it. Okay. Is this a premiere of that news on this episode? This is the premiere on this this episode. This is the premiere of this ring. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, he, like, I got my, this is embarrassing. I got my learner's permit a couple weeks ago. I have refused to drive since I got in seven accidents in high school and they were all my fault. Yeah. And I said I would never drive again, not even entertain it. And he's just very gently encouraged me and been like, you know, now this is Do a little this. bit of a trick. He's like, if you, if we're going to have a kid, uh, you should probably be able to drive, which obviously that's blackmail. But, um, you know, I appreciate he's pushed me. I pushed him when I met him. He played video games eight hours a day. Now it's like an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, it's great. But it's, you know, the idea that you have to come to a partnership already figured out, already perfect, already all your shit together. How boring is that? Also, it's a total fallacy. It does not exist. But you want someone who pushes you. You never thought about the future. You never really wanted to save money or have bigger goals and ambitions. And a lot of times the right person inspires us to do those things and to better ourselves because not because they're like, you better do this or I'm not going to be with you, but because we see what they're doing and we want to be a better person for them. We don't want to just keep doing what we're doing by ourselves. Well, when I alluded to like those incidents that we had, those like four or five, when we were, when I was sort of on the front foot and she was more defensive, like that's an example of one of the kind of disputes we were having because she's just like, I have only always dated like, you know, six figure, fancy Wall Street bros, essentially, who are like killing it. And like, I could bring home to my mom and they're like, she's impressed. And she, you know, uh, sees me getting all these gifts and food and all this stuff. And, And then my, you know, mom can say, well, you know, he's taking care of you. So that's good. And she's like, well, I'm worried about this. So, you know, her kind of saying early on, like, well, I, I, you know, I just want you to be, uh, you know, aspirational and like see a bigger future for yourself. It was like, those were kind of code words for like, I am scared because you're not what I expected. And that could have been a total valid reason to bounce. But somewhere along that line, when she started kind of shifting, there was like some texts and then some calls where she's like, I don't ever want you to change. I want you to be, yeah, like I love you for who you are. All this like cheesy shit, but it's like, it, you know, came first in a card because she's, you know, better writing it out than saying it. And then she got better at saying it, but it was essentially like, you know, I see you for who you are now. And then it's like, but the weird side effect of that is like, yeah, I saw that like, I wasn't right now today the person who's like making six figures and is going to be able to like put half the money towards your down payment towards your house but like I had already kind of been on this path of growing my business before I met her and it sort of has dovetailed and sort of ignited that pursuit in a way that's like way stronger like I'm in a class right right now like a little mini MBA class right now I'm doing business coaching with someone I'm doing forecasting like I've never used that word before but I'm forecasting like my profits and my clients for next year so it's like all this stuff that has sort of inspired me because 
I have like took what was kind of a half hatched idea, you know, and actually put some, you know, boosts behind it because I'm inspired by how she sees the world. And then it's like causing me to be better. Right. And I mean, human psychology too, like her saying, here's my ultimatum. This is what you need to do. This is who you need to be. That's just going to make you rebel and be like, fuck you. I don't need to be that way. But when she was like, I accept you for who you are. I love you for who you are. Obviously, that makes you feel so safe and loved and so good and positive towards this person that then you want to be better, not because they're telling you you have to be, but because you want to you want to impress them. You want to live up to this love that they're giving you. You know, it's a very basic principle of positive reinforcement, too, of just like someone telling you you're already doing a great job. You want to do a better job rather than someone telling you you're not good enough and then you're just going to start beating yourself up and hating them. So you guys are using the L word, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we've started using that probably like late September. So it's been like, that was kind of a crazy moment of really like, like I said, moving things emotionally farther than they might have seemed on paper in terms of the amount of months that it's been. But um, did she start? Did she say it first? It's funny. She was sort of saying it like kind of like whisperingly, like while she was jumping off the phone to like think that I wouldn't hear her. <laughs> so she would be like talking on the phone and we would just be having or have FaceTime and it'd be really like, okay, I'll talk to you soon. I'll be bye. Oh my God. And it was like, did you just do that? And I, and like she would hung up before I would realize what happened. So she kind of was doing that maybe a month before that. But then at one point I sort of like, well, I won't, I won't tell all the details here, but let's just say I said it at a, a, a slightly awkward moment. I said it okay. for the first time in a moment that was not maybe when she expected it. So now we joke that we say it at that awkward moment more frequently. But um, it's it's been, that was kind of huge too. And it definitely changed. That was probably when the shift started happening and it kind of brought things back towards me. And it was just like that feeling of, well, normally I control everything and I have things perfectly, but now it's like, I sort of, it felt like the, dog that chased the squirrel and caught it or something you know mm-hmm. it's like well wait what now what and it's, <laughs> it sort of tore the lid off of all my expectations and then that's I think when I a bit of the more negative thoughts and kind of the demons came in because I turned from being this outward expressive person to having these weird moments of like oh like I noticed that she didn't you know talk to me about this thing or she, you know, she would only want to play her music in the car and she only maybe like one out of like five times when she asked me if I wanted to play my music. And I would just be like all these things that are so small that like really can be worked out in a variety of ways, but I would just amplify. Well, and I think obviously that was too your protective instinct. And you were like, I, someone just ripped my armor off And I stand to get hurt now. So let me figure out how to rebuild my armor by finding things that are wrong with them and will distance me from which I didn't realize I was really doing. It was like, it was kind of an accidental kind of descent into, uh, you know, pointing blame or just like picking things apart and starting to create this unofficial list in my head that I didn't realize I was doing until she kind of called me out on it. And then I just essentially said like, you know, you've given me so much that I have not like known how to respond just yet because you sort of like leapfrogged me and gave me all the things I never thought I would get. So I was kind of just like stunned, but obviously that kind of made for a rough week because I was going to take that in a negative way. And and I kind of half knew that that was going to happen, but I also was like, it was reaching this point where I felt so 
smothered by mm. being unable to figure out what I was doing that I had to say something, even if it risked her feeling bad because I just didn't know how else to say it. I was like, I'm reaching a point where I felt like I was, it felt like a lot. It's not you because you didn't really do anything differently than you've been doing for the last month. It's just that now it's reached a fever pitch where I need to establish and figure out what's going on. And really what that's meant over the, it's really, that's happened in like the last two weeks. So we've had to get through that. And what, how does she handle it when you say stuff like that to her? Okay. Um, she's very investigative and, and good at kind of like getting all the information and making sure she understands it. But then after that, she, you can tell she wants to sort of pull back and, you know, retreat because that's been her history too. So we've kind of said over the last two weeks or so that it's like, that's the tendency that both of us could have. And if we catch ourselves doing it, then it's like, the other person's either going to have to call us out or we're going to have to like give them that moment to retreat for a second to kind of feel safe again. It's like, what I didn't realize is that I need just simply needed my me time, like my personal Mm -hmm. time to actually breathe because we're hanging out like four days a week. I was going to ask how often do you see each other? Yeah. It started pretty slow. And then now it's like, you know, we, um, you know, we did like a lunch on, on, let's just say like last week, it was like, we did like a Sunday lunch, Tuesday, Wednesday, we went out of town and did like fall hiking with like the leaves and everything and, and stayed in a little cabin. And then, uh, Thursday did like, uh, no Friday went to a Halloween party and then Saturday did dinner with her family. But I was so wiped that I really shouldn't have gone to dinner with her family it was like yes I could do it yes I could be there yes I had the energy but I just felt so compressed yeah like I need to digest my thoughts a little bit I think it's really important especially early in a relationship when you're really excited about each other to maintain even you know and I know you're someone who's used to living by yourself and having a lot of time to yourself and you're very introspective and you need that time I'm not I'm an extrovert and I still need that time you know what I mean like when you're starting with someone it's very exciting but you can get to that burnout and then it feels like well the magic went away or I don't like them anymore or they don't like me anymore and all of a sudden we're at each other's throats it's like it's just not totally normal for human beings to just be around each other in each other's space all the time. Yeah. But the, you know, the irony is that, you know, she, she did, we did the love languages quiz thing. And just cause I, I kind of like them. I don't give them too much credence, but it's like, she's like hundred percent quality time. Mm. And I did not realize this. I thought I was quality time, but now that I'm actually in a relationship, I'm realizing it's words of affirmation because like mm. when I'm getting kind of, you know, the response and maybe that was why kind of, or moving things forward and starting to say these really heartfelt things just sort of like threw me through a loop. Cause like that was the sign that I was sort of being loved and, and she was giving herself in a way that she couldn't before. So, um, you know, that was a learning thing for the last few weeks, but all that's to say is if, if I didn't realize that I needed to breathe, give myself some personal space just to, be alone and it has nothing to do with her but it was like mm-hmm. an to just digest a ton of feelings that I've never mm-hmm. felt before well and also like our alone time allows us to figure out how we feel about the other person and how much we do care about them 
because it gives us a chance to miss them. It gives us a chance to think about them away from they're in my face right now. Like you kind of need that space to build a really solid love for a person. You need to know that it exists outside of them. You need to also not get annoyed with each other. Like New York, where you live, is a place where also you're around people all the time. There's very little personal space. So you need to give yourself that. And I think thinking of it as not just, I have to take this time for myself now, (laughs) but I'm taking this time for us and for you so that I can continue being a good, patient, kind, loving, thoughtful person because I know myself and I need this space and this time to be able to do that. So this is for the sake of both of our relationships. Like I remember my relationship, I'd say the first six, seven months, probably until we moved in together, we saw each other twice a week, maybe three times. But it was so, we were constantly, you know, checking on each other. And I never doubted the love that was there, but it made the time we had together so special. And it never felt like I need my own space or I'm getting annoyed with you. Like, because I knew I was going to have my own time to kind of digest and talk to my friends about him and sit and daydream about him. And like, you really need that away time to fully create that picture of loving the other person. Yeah. And I think it just sort of carries with the trend of her being all in and having that that sort of way of conducting herself that she had done in the past that I could see why that didn't easily translate to a long relationship with someone because you're going from like, I'm pretending to be all guarded and like I'm cold and I'm, you know, not going to give myself. But then when you finally do it, it's this rush. It's this flood of Mm -hmm. emotion to the point where like, we're still going to have to work this out. Like just because I told her and she's deciding if that, like if that what I'm saying of needing just the balance, if that's actually an indictment on her or if it's really just me feeling like this is my healthy way of being. So enough to where like if two hours go by and because we call each other a lot and FaceTime and it's like even that is so non-traditional for like modern <laughs> couples that like if I don't call her back within like an hour or two, she's like, what's wrong? So it's like we definitely have to like get through the um, the feeling of this balance of communication and me realizing that like I totally want to be here but I'm realizing that the smartest and healthiest way to feel my fullest self is to just balance it out and and maybe just do what you're doing which is like two days a week make it make the make the the events and the hangouts intentional like that's Mm -hmm. the word I kept using if we're intentional then it's like it's richer for me and you're going to get a better version of me Right, exactly. And and that doesn't have to mean every time, you know, you do something, it's this big, fancy, fun, extravagant thing. Like that also means tonight we're going to have a chill night. We're going to watch Netflix. We're going to hang out. It's going to be low key, but I'm clearing the night for you. I'm not like, hey, want to come over after work? Want to meet up here because we're near each other? Like it's, it's that kind of complacency that's going to wear away at you if you're not also intentionally taking the time for yourself. And I think, I don't know if it'll help, but when you guys talk about this, telling her, you know, this isn't just like, for me, I need space away from you. This is because I care about this relationship so much and I want it to work and last. And I know we have all the time in the world to be together. We're going to live together as we've talked about. We're going to whatever, whatever. Right now, let's keep this time really special and also have a chance to miss each other. Like, I think it's great that you guys FaceTime and call, especially if you're busy and have busy schedules. But I also think it's so great to 
have space, have time and have things to tell each other when you see each other and, you know, not be, I tell people all the time to stay away from the constant texting and updating because then what are you going to talk about when you see each other? Like, you know, you're going to feel like you were with this person all day, even though you weren't. And it's not going to feel as special. You don't have to keep her at arm's length by any means, but you can be like, I'd like to make it really intentional when we see each other, when we talk so that I can give my full self to you. And when I'm not with you, I can give my full self to myself. Because also, like, I know that when I'm texting with someone and I'm by myself, it still doesn't feel like I'm with myself. You know, it's like half your energy is like in your phone. Because you're expecting like some responses or you're about to initiate and then you just like know that like, okay, I'm going to be always at arm's length just to respond to that. Right. You're on call, basically. And you deserve time that you're not on call, that you can leave your phone in the other room. No one's going to think something is wrong. It's just like, wow, I'm really glad Robbie is taking time for himself. I'm glad he's taking care of himself. And I know when we meet up again, he's going to be recharged fully for me. Yes. And saying that, like on her behalf, saying that, and then actually executing it is sort of where we're at right now because, Mm -hmm. okay, we make this proclamation, but then it's like a day later, it's not going to necessarily have sunk in yet. It's like, you're going to have those feelings of like, oh, are you doing all right? And so it's getting over the fear of like, well, if I say this, it could potentially throw a wrench in everything because of how they may react to my words of, well, this is really just what I need for me to thrive because I care about this. And then knowing that that could potentially throw a barb in in their psyche. Like, I don't know if you have any thoughts about this, but really I didn't see any other way through the, you know, the impasse without at least bringing it up because that was my way of saying, I care about this. So I'm going to bring it up versus retreat, 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 explode. And then like, I'm gone. I mean, I think it's, the only way is to talk about it. It's not always easy. And it is scary because you're like, what if this is the thing that blows it up and they just can't do it anymore? And it's like, okay, true. But if you don't say it, it's going to blow up anyway, because then you're going to be the one blowing up. So even now, you know, to this day, and I'm in a long relationship, I'll have moments of like, I'm scared to say this thing. I'm scared to tell him this thing. And I'm like, okay, but If I don't tell him, it's still going to be there. It's going to come out in some other way. And if I tell him this thing and that ruins our relationship, then it wasn't the right relationship for me anyway. Yeah. Like no relationship that is good and strong can be ruined by one or 10 or 20 things that you have to tell them and talk about and be honest about. And if your thing is, I need space and I need to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And it's not in a, I'm trying to push you away. And it's, you know, I want to commit to this time. I want to commit to being intentional. I want to commit to communicating this much. You're doing this to take care of the relationship and to take care of yourself, which will take care of the relationship. Yeah. So, she, you know, anyone would need to be able to hear that and talk about it. And it might sting at first. Oh. It might, she might, as you've noticed, hear it first as an indictment of her, as I don't want to be around you, but it's not her. It's you with anyone. It's you by yourself taking care of yourself. Yeah. And I knew this cognitively, like when we started that it's like, okay, so you're starting at like level one and it's like little tiny crumbs of like information that are really easy to move through. And then it's like the, the things that you might bring up, it's like, 
the stakes are so low, but then as you move through, it's like, okay, this thing that I bring up, it's like, if you're saying, oh, I'm going to practice open communication, you do it with day one. It's like, okay, I'll tell you about like my family history. I'll tell you about my personal history, my relationship history. It's like, and it gets, I feel like it gets progressively more challenging because you're like, well now, like I put more chips onto the pile. Right. And it's right. like, I would be losing more if I like try to do this versus saving it. But I can see so many people that like start taking that wrong fork in the road where it's like, Oh, like that was a day towards retreating a day towards kind of either deception where that's where people kind of cheat or where you at least like start shutting down because you'd rather just sort of protect. It's kind of a human nature of, I don't know, safety. It's like, you know, inertia with like, just, I'm going to keep things the way they are versus right. And the, uh, the apathetic mode of like, well, if I just hold this, then at least I'm kind of safe. But really it's like, when you're hold, when I feel like I'm holding, it's actually this like quiet death because exactly. you're slowly sinking into nothing, and then you know you then you have the classic like and then it blows up, yeah, and they, or they're they're married for thirty years and they don't talk to each other and they basically are divorced or exactly like, it blows up in in something. You know, I think it's a constant asking yourself what kind of a relationship you want to be in, <laughs> and just saying, do I want one that is honest and transparent and doesn't have all these you know, bruises underneath the surface mm -hmm. or do I want one just to be in the sake of a relationship and we can both smile and say we're fine and we're never going to get past that point and then one day one of us is going to hate the other one and blow it up anyway. So it's like, you know, it feels like a like a solution to not talk about things, but it's really making much more long-term damage, which again is easy to cognitively understand. It's much harder to actually do these things because as humans, we don't love conflict. We don't want to hurt anyone. And when something feels nice and safe and warm and cozy, we want to keep it that way. Why do we want to disrupt it? You know, but it's knowing that where you're at right now is building a foundation for what could be a really strong relationship, but it can't be if along the way of building the foundation, you're ignoring major faults in the construction. You know, you got to make sure every piece is in place. And if that makes for some difficult conversations, it does, but you just have to kind of decide to get through those. And if you can't, then that was not the right person for you. And I understand too what you're saying about like, it's harder the longer it goes on because it feels like I've invested, I've invested. Also to put it in a little perspective, like four months, although you guys have are emotionally much farther along, you're still very early in the stages. There's still so much more to be uncovered. And this is not the time to be kind of glossing over things. This is yeah. the time to be real transparent to get where you want to go. Yeah. Or to be too like protecting because it's like you're, you know, it's easy to, to look at it and just be like, well, we've already built something that is more than it looks like on paper. So I'm going to be extra cautious here. Right. It's like, no, like that was the promise that I, you know, sort of made to myself after the crash and burn and like all the other episodes was like, nope, this is going to be a always tilling the soil, always like being, you know, open, honest, being willing to like dig into stuff um, so that it doesn't kind of fester and, and get nasty. At the same time, I will say, it's also very easy to get into a pattern of you spend more time talking about the relationship than being in the relationship. And yeah. you start feeling like every time you have a thought or a bump or a feeling or a problem or they do something annoying, you have to unpack it and discuss it. Mm -hmm. And you also don't have to do that. Like you will learn because all of this is pretty new to you of like talking about everything, not just retreating and pushing the person away. But you'll learn what are the things that like, do I really need to talk about that? Like, is that something I can live with? 
Probably. Like, what are the really big things I can't live with? And what are the things that I'm deciding to fixate on because they're either a product of that bigger thing, or I'm just feeling nervous and anxious about sharing my life with another person. And as you grow in a relationship, you kind of decide what's worth talking about and unpacking and what is like, I think maybe I'm just cranky and I need to like exercise and have a snack. Like, and I need some time to myself. Yeah. Like, there's a difference. And you kind of, because you don't want to spend also every time you see each other, every time you talk, being like, okay, we have another thing to talk about. Like you want the majority of the time to be spent enjoying each other, growing together. And those talks should come when it's really, really, really important to the fundamental growth of your relationship. I'm also here to tell you that regardless of what happens, you've done so amazing already and you will always, 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 always love again. Mm-hmm. And getting this far with one person you will give you the capacity to get this far with the next person and farther. You know, it's a it's exponential growth over time. So whether she's your forever until you die or not, this has already been so monumental for you and you're learning so much. Yeah. Um, even just coming out with like the small little lesson of like, oh yeah, just like time for me, like give me a little space, let me recharge. That like just allows me to come back and then there, you know, because I'm not in a drained or negative space and like have like all my emotions. Cause I'm very bad. I have no poker face. So she's going to like see me and be like, what's up um, for me to have that space to recharge. I can then come back and then we could just like literally sit around and watch TV and do nothing. It's like, I don't have to dwell on anything or I don't have to think about anything because even though the point and the, the, the crux behind my uh, not feeling great is mostly just cause I'm not, getting my own space it's like it's inevitably going to feel like it's like oh we need to talk about the relationship because i brought in negative energy so it must be about us and it's like Mm -hmm. actually in the last you know week or so to be able to sort of unpack that and then just be like oh i'm feeling really refreshed and it's like i actually want to see you and do all these things again i'm not as you know overwhelmed it's like then yeah the, the 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 specter of like oh we need to talk about something it just sort of like evaporates because you can your best self when you see them and also if you're with someone all the time and you're not feeling great guess what you're gonna blame that person for not feeling great because they're there if you're not feeling great and you're not with that person you can't blame it on them so you have to be like okay i have to take care of myself Mm -hmm. and it's like if you're with someone and you're not feeling great and you're blaming it on them it may be that you need time for yourself but you need to give yourself that space, like you said, so you can miss them, so you can enjoy being around them again, and so that your head isn't sitting there trying to find a way out. Because it's like, if if the problem is that you haven't given yourself enough time, then yeah, being with them, everything they do is going to be wrong. Yeah. And another one of those little, you know, the, the, those incidents that I was mentioning from the start where there was a bit of friction, one of them was just that I'll talk my freaking head off, you know, you can probably already tell. And so I can just go on anything and I'm like, next thing I know, I'm down a rabbit hole and don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. And so I am a strong advocate for, you know, leave certain things at the door and let your therapist have the rest. <laughs> I like that. Like I can be being like signing up for therapy again after that anxiety period that I had two years ago and having, I'm on like a very low plan. I actually do the online stuff um, because it's really nice. And it's just like, I can check in once a week, but having that is just like a dumping ground to be able to just like, this is everything. And then like, you can take what you want from it. Like it's been really great because then I just sort of put it out there. It's at least out of my head. And I would say 75% of the stuff that just 
surfaces is like can be directed just towards that and maybe the last 25 percent is like oh yeah like totally. she might want to know about those things or that's something that involves her in some way i think it's so wise and important to know that your partner is not your therapist oh, yeah. and that even though like i said it can be very kind of feel kind of weirdly good and comforting to just constantly be dissecting your relationship and problems and thoughts with the person it's also good to sit and do the crossword or watch the Netflix or talk about stupid things or talk about nothing or whatever it is and save, like you said, your big emotions, your anxiety to your therapist. And that's where you can kind of weed out, okay, if there is anything that is related to my relationship and this person, what is it and what can I do about it rather than I'm having this flood of emotions and thoughts and I just have to tell you all of them because you're here. Yeah. Which is really more of like an insecurity than anything because it's the it's the lowest common denominator. It's like, oh, like I know this person the most or want to know this person the most. So like, why don't I just dump everything instead of saying, sure. no, like these are really a lot of my own personal journeys that kind of preceded her, honestly. Like they were things that I would have dealt with with person A, B, C, D, E, whatever. And so for me to like take my time to just think about it, work on it on my own is actually healthier because she's like, oh, this is not really involving me. And then some of it, when it either does or needs to, then I can do it in a more, you know, intentional way and not be just like flooding. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's so easy to be like, I'm feeling things, it must be related to this person. Mm -hmm. And then to be able to go, wait a minute, I felt this way before this person. Yeah. I sometimes feel this way when I'm by myself. So this must be unrelated to this person. This must be my thing. Yeah. And they're, they might be triggering it in me or they're just here, but I can go work on that stuff. And then if you have to say to her, I'm having some feelings come up. They're not about you, but I feel like I need some time to like work through them on my own so I can be fully present for you. She should be able to yeah. understand that and hear that. Yeah. And that was a big kind of, uh, you know, hurdle that definitely had to be crossed. And the fact that we were able to do that, it, you know, was really meaningful to me. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like you said, it never, it, it never completely disappears. Cause if you're always in a state of, you know, identifying and, and moving through, then it's like things may bubble up thing or they may pass or you may need to talk about it. But either way, if there's that, you know, culture of openness, then I feel mm -hmm. like I'm not, I'm not worried. You know, yeah. that's what you, yeah. that's what you do. Culture of openness. I like that. Openness without, but knowing when to be like, okay, I think we have enough here already and now we can just chill for a minute, you know, not yeah. getting addicted to the waterfall of emotions all the time, sure. which is very seductive and exciting, but yeah. it's also good to be able to be like, the cup is full. Mm. We can just sit here now and drink it. Yeah. Exactly. I'm using so many weird metaphors, but I have images I, in my head that are really working great. for me. They're all fun. I think I had sort of fed myself that, uh, you know, energy of like, well, I'm just going to keep jotting notes in my phone all the time. And I just have all the, I, I sort of built up a pattern mm. of just like identifying, reflecting, like opening it. It's, it's not even really a, a, that deep, but I would just sort of get addicted to that feeling of like, well, everything is a, problem to solve or some sort of uh, yeah. concept, concept to you know digest in my life it's like no it's like we're not all you know? yeah sometimes they're just thoughts and they can go my therapist my new therapist says you know because our brains are where we come up with this stuff our brains aren't always the place 
to solve them. Like if we just stay in our brain, we're just going to keep circling back on ourselves. And sometimes it's good to be like, okay, thank you. I have enough now. I'm going to go do something else and stop obsessively thinking about and voicing this thing. Yep. Not everything needs to be validated all the time. Yeah. Which is another kind of version of the trust because now it's a trust of like myself that it's like, okay, I can feel a thing. I could either jot it down or write it somewhere, but then I don't have to like go revisit and circle the drain and just try to like make it a problem to solve. It's like, nope, like if it's been sitting on my mind for a day or two and I really want to get it out, I'll write it out, but then I'm not going to obsess over it, you know, unless it's something that I need to learn because normally it's like just there. It's just because I'm good at obsessing about things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Feels great. That's what got panic attacks a few years ago was that I was just like really good at obsessing over just this one thing. And then it's like, oh, you can't think your way to, you know, salvation and like perfect, you know, peace and happiness. It's like sometimes it's just about a release. I can't wait for you to have kids. Oh, God. (laughs) Don't even. (laughs) I think you're just going to be like, let's talk about your feelings. Let's really talk about it. And they'll be like, Dad, I'm fine. You'll be like, no, 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 no. I saw the way that you threw that ball. Oh, God. (laughs) That's why I need the leash of someone else who's like, stop it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But also the kid will be good at like maybe getting you out of your head a little bit. Yeah. There's so much good stuff going on there. But also I think as you're learning too, like a good thing that I've learned is like, what if I took this energy that is obsessing about my relationship because it's the most exciting thing and put it towards my career or put it towards some other project because it feels so good to use that energy and obsess, obsess, obsess. But wow, what could it do somewhere else? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just leave your relationship alone for a minute. Stop kind of picking at it. Yeah. This was great. Thank you so much for being so transparent about your journey. Yeah. Long overdue, but I'm really excited for you and I'm interested to hear how it is when she meets your family. Yeah. So I'll I'll be very brief here, but you know, we had this thing in December that we were going to do and then it was like, well, you know, is that, is that kind of a cloud looming over? Should we do stuff sooner? Should we like go on a fight now? And it's like, but there's kind of a bit of a trust in that not knowing, you know, and just letting it be whatever. But um, she's excited. I think, you know, to, to be a part of my side of things. Um, But letting it be and not having to force the issue. It's like, that's kind of been the summary of this whole thing. Yeah. And like you said before, taking it one day at a time, we don't know what's going to happen before December, but it doesn't have to loom over your head. You can just be like, we're enjoying each other. And if I love this person and we're on a good page, my family will love her too. Like there's no, you know, and you're just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Is her family okay with you not making six figures yet? Yeah. And her mom is like already joked that she's like I'm her favorite boyfriend and all this. Stuff. Yeah, of course you are. Yeah. Because you're so handsome. <laughs> so she, she, she's, uh, we, we crack jokes a lot and, and, and talk and I, I've been way much a part of her life already. Um, but you know, that's where sort of the balance is coming in and we're both leaning and, and going through it and, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be putting one foot in front of the other. That's all I can say. Yeah, that's all you have to do. I'm really proud of you, Robbie. I love seeing this progression. I want to talk to you in four (laughs) months or less and hear how everything is going and just, you know, keep trusting yourself too and keep trusting the relationship and that no matter what happens, you will always love again, whether it's her, you loving her again the next day or whatever it is, you've already made so much growth and you should be so proud. You're the best. You're the best. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Bye. Just the tip. 
a dating tip. I'm going to say that when you are in a new relationship and you are so excited about seeing the person and you want to see them all the time and you want to talk to them all the time, make sure to take some time for yourself and to give them some time for themselves. If they're a person who's not good at asking for that, give it to them anyway. I know it feels so good. It's like a drug to see each other all the time and just be obsessed with each other, but space at the beginning will only build a stronger relationship for later. You will get to the point of living together and seeing each other all the time. And even then it's important to take space. But keep your friends, keep your hobbies, keep your interests. You don't want to find yourself in a position where you're like, all I have and the only purpose for my life is this person. And you'll stay more attractive to them if you're like, I'm actually busy this week. These are the nights that I'm free rather than I have the whole week to see you. Let's just spend the next 48 hours together. You know, I think it's super fun to get caught up in that excitement, that passion, that romance, and we just spent the whole weekend together and didn't even leave the house. That's great. But then say, okay, now that we did that, I'm going to go home and take the night for myself. Even if you feel like you don't need it, take it anyway. You will be grateful. And you might get home and start freaking out that you miss the person already and want to call them and text them. Leave some mystery. Let them miss you. Let yourself miss them. Let the boundaries be drawn so you don't start blurring any anxiety or other frustrations with your life with that person. Because if they're around you all the time, you're going to associate everything you're feeling about anything with them. And it can be very exciting and new and fun, but it can also lead to burnout. So take the time for yourself. Make them take time for themselves. Put your phone in the other room. Say, I will talk to you tomorrow. I'm taking the evening for myself because I care about you so much and I want this for the long term. I'm not going to go for the short term satisfaction. I'm going to build this over time by giving us both space now. Thank you to Robbie Klein for joining us today. If you would like to be coached or talked to anonymously on the podcast, please reach out at notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. I love to talk to people in all different stages of their dating and romantic life. If you're in the LA area, All My Single Friends, the show that I host for fun single people, is next week, the 21st. Um, Look up All My Single Friends on Instagram to get details, etc. Thank you to Christine Bartolucci, Melissa Gruen, our social media producer, Josiah Thorngate, my amazing editor. Editor Robbie Klein and his Instagram is Klein Burger, K L E I N Burger, that you can eat. And he's handsome. Go take a look and feast your eyes. And thank you to all of you for listening, rating, reviewing, sharing, and making dating fun. Bye.